In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. In everything, every circumstance give thanks. And then it says, for everything give thanks. Now I want you to be very cautious when you come to that scripture. Do not thank God for what the devil is doing to destroy men's lives. Do not thank God for the children who are sick and dying in St. Jude's Hospital. Do not thank God for the diseases that have come upon this world because of sin. God is not the author of that. That is not what that means. I've had preachers talk to me uh, in those kind of terms, and I just want to run away. I don't want to walk away. I reject that. There's no way to pray for the sick if the sick believe their sickness is from the Lord. Can you say amen? But the Bible says if there be any sick, let them call the elders of the church. Let them anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. The prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord shall raise them up. Jesus told his disciples to go heal the sick and preach the gospel. (laughs) And tell them that when that's happening and that's occurring that the kingdom of God has come near to them. The kingdom of God is where His will is done in earth as it is in heaven. Amen. It's not come fully yet, but everywhere that His will is done, in spite of the circumstances of this fallen world, the kingdom of God has come near unto us. Can you say amen? When God healed me of cancer, the kingdom of God came near. His will in heaven was done in earth because it wasn't His will that I have cancer. It wasn't His will that I die before I was nine years old with leukemia. Can you say amen? So what you live listen to and how the Bible is interpreted to you is extremely important because the devil used scripture from the Bible to try to get Jesus to do despite the will of God. And Jesus countered it with scripture rightfully divide. The devil is a preacher. The devil is a preacher. And no marvel if Satan himself be transformed as an angel of light and his ministers as ministers of righteousness. The devil is a liar, but he uses partial truths to make his lies believable. The Bible didn't say just study the word. It said study the word to show thyself a workman that needeth not be ashamed. Listen to this. Rightfully dividing the word of truth. Rightfully dividing the word of truth. Because if it isn't rightfully divided, the devil can wrongfully, he'll use scripture. It is written, he said to Jesus, using scripture to try to get him to do despite the will of God. And Jesus turned around and said, yeah, but it's written. He put it, he rightfully divided it. He put it in the context that it should be. And he did not let the devil hornswoggle him using the scripture. Amen. Vitally important where you sit and what you hear and who you listen to. I've had people come to me with all kinds of things. And I just didn't have, I thought, if you if you're that gullible, if you believe that, I, you're not going to listen to me. Amen. I call them concrete Christians. Thoroughly mixed and permanently set. Can you say, man, there's no changing by 
by studying the Word, rightfully dividing the Word of God. So I don't just preach. I try to teach within the preaching. And while we're talking about the kingdom of God and, and, and His righteousness, listen very carefully today. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done is something to be prayed for. It is not just the future kingdom alone that's incorporated in that. But it's part of the pattern prayer that we should pray every time that we pray. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. And when we begin to enforce that kingdom here upon the earth, when I pray for the sick, the kingdom of God is coming near when that sick person is healed because he is intervening in that normal course of human affairs. What he has willed from heaven is now being manifest on the earth. But somebody got to call for prayer and somebody got to pray the prayer of faith for it to happen. For God's will to be done on earth, somebody has to mix faith with the word. You prayed it today. Amen. That we would mix faith with the Word of God so that it could help us, so that it could prosper. I'm so glad the Holy Spirit's in charge. You had a need last Sunday. And right at the end of the service, it shifted to the healing. And while that song was playing, you know, at the end of the service, about the Lord being our healer, He received His healing. Isn't that incredible? I told my wife on the way home, I said, wow, this is working so well. Amen. Just like God said that it would. Faith to be healed. Amen. Faith to be healed came through the Word. And, and, and so there was just a receiving. We didn't even have to lay hands on Him. God got to Him first. We would have got a hold of Him if He called us. But God got a hold of Him. You, you never know what's going to happen when the kingdom of God comes near. Can you say, man, <laughs> when His will in heaven is manifest upon the earth. Praise God. Amen. When his, that's what we're praying, isn't it? Thy will be done. Where? Down here. The here and now. Just like it is in heaven. Whatever you will from heaven, we pray that it will be done upon the earth. Your kingdom come is not just when He stands upon the earth and rules with a rod of iron. That kingdom come means here and now. In our hearts, in our lives. Thy kingdom come. Thy kingdom come. Be the Lord of my life. Hallelujah. I've said it before, but someone said you can't ever pray Thy kingdom come until you can pray My kingdom go. Thou shalt have no gods before me. Amen. But if we bow to no other, but we do bow to Him, His kingdom comes in us. And His will is done in us as it is in heaven. Praise God. Someone has to be here. It's His will to heal the sick. If thou wilt, thou canst make me whole. I will. Can you say amen? But until... Someone believes that enough to call for prayer or to receive it. His will in heaven can't be done upon the earth. So since there's so little of it occurring, the doctrine now is that the days of miracles are over. That is a doctrine that has been brought forth and brought forward in so many circles. Because if we believe the Bible as it's written, and we believe God is a prayer answering God. By the way, this is not just about healing. This is about answered prayer, period. All of answered prayer is under the umbrella. 
just happens to be while you're praying for the sick in James 5.14. But it's any answered prayer. The prayer of faith will save the sick. This is not just about healing. This is about answered prayer in particular. If God doesn't answer prayer, there's no need for an invocation before a service. There's no need for anyone to stand up there and pray for God to bless the service. There's no need for anyone to pray for the lost. There's no need for anyone to pray for anything because God's will cannot not be done anymore in earth as it is in heaven. It, 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 the days of miracles are over. There, there's, there's, a, there's a doctrine out there because... Because of so little manifestation of God. I wish I could say it's in some nominal denominational circles, but it isn't. There are churches that are Pentecostal in their perspective. They have their roots in the Azusa Street Revival. When the power of God showed up. Amen. And people begin to get hungry for more than just Scripture about God. They want to encounter a living God. A loving God. A listening God. And a lifting God that could help them in the time of their need. Can you say amen? But in many of those circles, even though they don't preach or teach it, the days of miracles are over. It's amazing when God healed me because of people praying, the prayer of faith being offered in my behalf. I'm so humbled by that. I was ready to go home when I laid in the emergency room at South Florida Baptist Hospital. I was ready to go home. I didn't want to be a burden to my wife. I was wrapped up in God's peace. If you want to know what's going to happen when you get that close to heaven, you're going to know a peace like you've never, ever known it in your life. Amen. Somebody said, is, that, is it going to be scary? No, no, it's not. It's going to be so powerful and personal when that time comes in your life that you could leave here and never look back without any concern about anything. I didn't worry about who would take care of my wife because I knew who was taking care of me so personally. I thought, I don't... I mean, you you understand, I wasn't thinking in those... I wasn't thinking in anything that worried me. In fact, I told my wife, I said, Honey, I don't want to be a burden. In other words, if I'm going to be paralyzed, if I'm done preaching and I'm going to be a burden to you instead of a blessing, I want to go on home. Right here, right now. There's no need to stay here any longer. That peace gets on you. <laughs> Woo! You get that close to heaven, friend of mine, I want you to know it's not scary for a Christian. And it's not because I'm a preacher. It's because I am a child of the living God. He doesn't love me because I'm preaching. He loves me because He loves me. I'm not earning it. I don't merit it. He gives it freely. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever, and I'm one of them, that believeth on Him might not perish, but have everlasting life. I was one of those people that believed on Jesus. And the moment I did, my sins were forgiven. And I was brought into God's family. And now I am a child of the King. I am a son of the living God. Hallelujah. And I am authorized by the Holy Spirit in the Scriptures to say, Abba, Father, to the God of the universe, my sovereign and my Savior, my King and my Deliverer, to call Him Abba, Father. Glory to God. 
It's a blessing of being in the kingdom of God. It's the blessing of having the king live in you. So not only are you placed in the kingdom, the king has come to live in you. And when the king comes to live in you, then the kingdom is in you. So you're in the kingdom and the kingdom is in you because the king has come to live in you. And it's Christ, the king, in you that is the hope of glory. I love that scripture. Christ in you. Say Christ in me. The hope of glory. What does that mean? That means if the, if, if the one in whom all the Godhead dwells in bodily. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. <laughs> Amen. If the triune God through Christ and the Holy Spirit can come to live within you. You know why it's the hope of glory? It's the hope of glory because if the three holiest persons of heaven can live in your spirit side by side, then there's no doubt that you can live in the holy city because pure gold is not what makes it holy. Foundations of precious stones is not what makes it holy. Gates of pearl is not what makes it holy. You know what makes it holy? God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. And when your body and my body becomes the temple of the Holy Ghost, because He has cleansed us to that degree in our inward man, sanctified us, cleansed and set apart for a holy purpose, then we know, we know, that we can live in the city He's prepared for us. Can you say amen? Because the kingdom is in us. And we're in the kingdom. Hallelujah. I love that about the Lord. I love the fact that when we pray His will here in the earth, when we pray His will be done, amen, that we release what He wants in heaven to be manifest upon the earth. It's not His will that any perish. When I pray for souls, amen, all of heaven's resources. God wants every person on this planet saved. And when I pray for the salvation of men and women, boys and girls, God wants that to occur more than anything else. Amen. But we have to pray, Thy will be done. It's amazing how God has designed His kingdom for man and God to work in concert. For man and God to work in tandem. Listen to this. This is a true statement. Without God, we can do nothing. That's very clear in John 15. Apart from me, you can do what? Nothing. But without man... This is going to be the hard part for you. This is going to be the can of worms. Without man, God will do nothing. Because God said in the old covenant, I will do nothing except I reveal it first to my prophets. Why does a prophet have to prophesy if God wills it? Because God has designed His kingdom to work with man and God working together. That's why God... Are you hearing this this morning? It'll get you into the Bible. Get you into the Word. Hallelujah. 
The devil wants to discredit you. Discount us and say God is sovereign, sitting aloof, high on his throne, and he's doing what he chooses, and we have nothing to do with it. We have a, everything to do with it. God will do nothing except he reveal it to his servants, the prophets. I look for a man. God said, I looked for a man in the old covenant. I, why does God need a man? Because he's designed his kingdom for what his will is in heaven, working with man upon the earth for it to be accomplished in the earth. That's why the devil keeps fighting you and fighting me. He doesn't want the believer to know what authority they have in prayer. He doesn't want them to know the authority they have to use Jesus' name to get the will of God done. He wants you to discredit yourself, discount yourself, absolve yourself of any responsibility or capability. He, does, he wants to take away all of your supernatural ability, disconnect you from God, have you just sit on the premises instead of stand on the promises? Can you say amen? Let the devil run free in the earth. Oppress who he pleases. Destroy who he wants to. Let the lost go to hell in a handbasket. Let the sick die of their diseases. Let every, all the bondage and chains and things be unbroken. And never use the authority that we have in the kingdom of God. Why did he speak it first to the prophet? So the prophet could speak it. So the prophet could speak it. So the prophet could speak it. Remember Daniel? He takes him out and he shows him a valley of dry bones. He wants... The whole house of Israel that's been scattered to the nations to be regathered back in Jerusalem. That is his will in heaven for his, something, his covenant people here upon the earth. He takes him out in a valley and he shows him a valley full of dry bones disconnected from one another. And first he asks him for faith. Son of man, can these bones live and he said oh I love the way he answered because in the natural he'd say seriously <laughs> amen wouldn't he seriously Lord these are dead dry bones they, there's no, they're not even skeletons they're disconnected from one another but God said can they live and he said oh Lord thou knowest in other words, if you say they can, they can. Amen? You're Almighty God. <laughs> You're asking me, can they live? This, oh, whatever you will. Whatever you will. Whatever you will can be done. Thy will be done. Where? In earth like it is where? In heaven. If you will it from heaven, it'll happen here. If something occurs here so it can happen here. And to make sure it was going to happen here, he said, then son of man, speak unto these bones. I prayed, I, I remembered that prayer. I went to uh, South Carolina, South Carolina. We'd come out of the foothills of, 
of North Carolina, been up to the Smokies because I got an invitation to preach in a Pentecostal denominational church. They had heard a tape They back in the days of the tapes. They liked the tape. They saw Holy Church of God and assumed I was part of the denomination, the Church of God, which I am not. It's the Holy Church of God, Independent Assemblies of God International, a fellowship of independent ministries worldwide rather than a denomination. Each church is sovereign and so <laughs> but answerable and accountable. But so so I got up there. We got a motel. We decided to run up in the mountains and come back and be there for the Sunday morning service and have like a vacation mission for the Lord. And I remember getting in that, getting in that motel, marking a few scriptures, and saying, "Boy, I don't, I don't know. I, I've never preached in a uptown church like this. Uh, I'm so honored and privileged to be here to preach in the uptown church." Got a phone call. 10 or 11 o'clock at night from the man who invited us who attended that church whose pastor said bring him on we'd love to hear this man because he thought Holy Church of God meant we're part of the denomination the moment he figured out that we were not part of the denomination regardless of what he heard on the tape and the accuracy of the word <laughs> he canceled the service well I thought that's okay we've had a good vacation if it wasn't for going coming up here to preach, we wouldn't have went to the mountains. Amen. <laughs> so we got to go up in the mountains, and I was available to God. But if the door isn't open, I'm not going to whine about that. Who am I? I'm just a servant of God. So about, about an hour and a half after that, the man called back and said, Would you be willing to preach in a little Pentecostal church? And I thought, Well, of course not. I came here to preach in the big church. No, no, that's not how a servant of God acts. Can you say amen? No, I got my good suit. <laughs> amen. I said, listen, if anybody wants the Word of God, I will come and preach the Word of God. Whether it's a big church or a little church is immaterial. If somebody is hungry for the Word, I want to be there. Amen. I was so glad. Listen, the, the miracle that happened in that little Pentecostal church probably would not have occurred. In the big city church. In the first place. <laughs> because they were more concerned about your denominational affiliation than they were about the truth of Scripture. I'm kind of like Vance Havner. Not on his level of pastor in any sense of the word. But he said, I, I fear that I have preached myself out of many pulpits. Amen. In other words, they don't know what I'm going to say, but they know I'm going to speak the truth when I get there. And everybody's not open to that, believe it or not. So I, I was so I, I said, hey, they want me to preach. I'm coming to preach. Brother Venable, did you have to pray about it? Not when he says, go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. I don't have to pray about an open door. Can you say man? So I, I went there and, and see, it went from bad to worse. It, you got you got to be tough. You've got to tough it out. If you want applause from everybody, if you want everybody to say how great... I, I pre, I, DJS, where are you? Is that how you say your name? What What is your first name? Dwayne. Did you put something on... No, somebody put something on Facebook. Could have been Dwayne. Anyway, Cantrell? Dwayne Cantrell? Did you put on our Facebook, great pastor loves Jesus? I don't know about the great pastor part. 
disclaimer real quick. But the love of Jesus, I'm glad that comes through. That's what I want to come through. Amen. I do love the Lord. I do love the Lord. Amen. There's a lot of people can preach the gospel better, but nobody can preach a better gospel than me. Can you say, man, the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ? Hallelujah. Amen. I went to minister to about 50 pastors at a pastor's lunch and 50 or 60 pastors, and they were going to introduce me to give a testimony, and they put up my name, Pastor Robert A. Venable. And then underneath put the most, I don't know where they got this from, the most holy church of God. Amen. And so I had to do the disclaimer thing again. Amen. I got up and I looked at the sign. I said, before, before I say another word, I said, the church I pastor is not the most holy church of God. It's the holy church of God. We're still working on that. Can you say amen? We're working to that end. So I'm not the great pastor. I'm not the great preacher, teacher. But I do love Jesus. And I love the Word of God. And I love to declare the Word of God. Well, I got to the little Pentecostal church, which had about 60 people, which was a good number for a little Pentecostal church. And so, <laughs> amen, I was sitting on the platform. He was going to introduce me to come that night for three nights to, to preach the Word of God. And I was excited. I said, Lord, this is going to be good because a door closed, but a door opened. And, and uh, I was ready to come on home and ride it off to a good vacation. It's okay. i got a congregation waiting for me. Amen. i got somebody to preach to. There he is right there. And there he sits. So, <laughs> so I, I heard the musicians behind me between songs. One of them said, are you coming back tonight? I hadn't even testified or said a word. Are you coming back tonight? And he said, no, I ain't coming. I thought, okay, here we go. I was going to preach over there. They shut the door. I'm over here, and they said they ain't coming. So I came back that night to begin an evangelistic service for three days. And there was about 25 people out of that 60. And I thought, you know, this is not bad. Sunday night. I mean, you know, what the walking dead are on tonight. Some of the walking dead were in the congregation this morning. No, that was way before the walking dead. I don't know what Sunday night was capturing people with, but there was something. God gave me one scripture. The scripture... 1 Corinthians 15, 57, and 58. Thanks be unto God who gives us the victory through Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For you know your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Can you say amen? So I had a rejoicing heart 
knowing that whatever I do, in his name, for his honor and his glory, hallelujah, amen, he's going to bless. He's going to bless. And so for three nights, those same 25 people came back, didn't have any musicians to have a good worship service. So the word had to be the, do the work. The word had to do the work. But we had a reverent, hungry people. And that last night, the Spirit of the Lord was strong in that place. It's like it was building, building, building. And the last night, as we begin to pray over the people for a God-given victory, a lady jumped out of the seat and she danced around that entire building. But you see, it wasn't just an emotional response to the presence of God. It was a spiritual response to the Word of God that had made her so glad. Amen. And it was the pastor's wife. And I was glad to see the pastor's wife stimulated and moved on by the Holy Spirit like that. And before I left, by the way, she came and said, I wish you could stay longer. We really need good teaching. And I thought, you got it right. Amen. You got it right. People need good teaching. Not just something to stimulate them emotionally, even challenge them mentally, but something that they will walk away with knowledge and understanding. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. But then a, a lady came down for prayer. And see, faith had been building. Faith had been building. Faith had been building for three days. And a lady came down for prayer. And she said... I was in an automobile accident, hit from behind, and it fused together the vertebrae up in my neck and spine. And they said they cannot operate on it. The only thing they could do is give her very strong pain medication. But as time went on, they had to increase it and increase it because her body builds up a tolerance for it. And it doesn't work as well as time went on. And they increased it as far as they could without damaging her liver or bringing her into some heavy addictive situations. And yet the pain remained. And she was there in pain. She lived in pain 24-7. And she came down for prayer. Thy, everybody say it. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. In earth as it is in heaven. And when I went to pray for her, I, I saw that so clear. I saw that boneyard in my spirit because I'd read the scripture. I saw Daniel speaking to the bones. I saw him speaking to the winds. I saw him speaking God's will to animate Inanimate objects that were going to become animated after he spoke because God said, I want this to happen. I will it to happen. Amen. And in order for it to happen, you need to prophesy it. You need to declare it. My word needs to come through your mouth for my purpose to be done in the earth. I will, do you see that? I will do nothing except I first reveal it to my prophets. Hath he not said it? How did he say it? Why, how do we know he said it? Because we've got the apostles. We've got the prophets. We've got the word of God. 
So when I laid hands on her, I just closed my eyes and said, Bones, hear ye the word of the Lord. And I thought the Holy Ghost just hit her like a bolt of lightning because she, whoo! And when she did, she got one of them Holy Ghost shakes. <laughs> and I heard snapping, crackling, and popping, and it wasn't Rice Krispies. Can you say man? It was those bones being unfused in her neck. I didn't know what had happened until several, I guess several weeks later, I got a letter in the mail. And it said, Brother Venable, remember when you preached for us at the little Pentecostal church in Carolina? And she told me the whole story of her medical condition. She said, after that night, I have not had any more pain. And after that night, I have taken no more medication. And my doctor is befuddled. He doesn't understand why there's no pain. He doesn't understand what has happened to me. But I told him, I don't need another prescription because I have no pain. And she said, God has healed me. Thank you for coming. Thank you for bringing the Word of God to us. You see, faith does in fact come by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Can you say man? God willed for her to be helped. God willed in heaven for her to be healed. Amen. But He had to get it into the earth through someone that would speak it over her. There's a scripture, it was up on our Facebook for a little while. Thou shalt decree a thing. If it's the will of God, if it's the word of God, thou shalt, thou shalt, thou shalt decree a thing. And it shall be established unto thee. Keys to the kingdom. Keys to the kingdom. You can tell who the boss is. He got that big ring of keys. He's got a key to every door in the building. He got to be the boss because he got the keys. Amen. You know what he told Peter? Not just to Peter, but to every believer. Amen. He said, Peter, behold, I give you the keys to the kingdom of God. What do keys do? They unlock and they lock up. What you bind... On earth shall be bound. Come, is God working in tandem? Does man have a role to play? How vitally important it is. When you take that authority from the believer, then you leave. Amen. Man and God not working in tandem. Does God need man? No. He's sovereign. Did He choose man? Yes. That's His decision. I believe he wanted to let the devil know it looks like you have defeated me, but you haven't. And you know you haven't. But I want to go further. You haven't even defeated those people that you have such persuasive power over and authority over. You have not defeated them. If they come to me, behold, I give you power. Didn't he say that to his disciples? Behold, which means look at him down in the south. Look at him. I want you to see this. Behold, I give you power. 
over most of the power of the devil. Some of the power of the devil. No, I give you power over all the power of the devil. What you bind in earth, keys to the kingdom, shall be bound in heaven. It literally should read this way. What you bind on earth has already been bound in heaven. You have to know the will of God. You have to get the mind of God. You have to be led by the Holy Spirit. You have to be surrendered to the will of God. But when you are, you are authorized to bind on earth what He has already bound in heaven. And thou shalt what? Loose upon the earth. Is God and man working in concert? Or is God working with man? I will do nothing except I reveal it to my prophets. Call upon me. I'll show you mighty things. God uses prayer. Someone said when God wants to do something big, He sets His people a praying. And Jesus said, pray for thy kingdom to come. If God's going to work above and beyond and outside of His creation, of us as His children and His servants, we don't need to pray for His kingdom to come. He's sovereign. It's going to come whether we pray or not. He said, you pray. Jesus said, pray, thy kingdom come. And what do we do with our prayer life? Most of it is, most of it is, Lord, help me get through today. Lord, help me, help me deal with my family. Lord, help me deal with the pressure and the pain of the fallen world. Oh, Lord. What I read in the newspaper today, how bad can it get even so come, Lord Jesus? How can this old world stand this much longer? It's on our, it's on our Facebook. <laughs> Something that was quoted here. <laughs> Doug, Doug said, <laughs> Doug put it up there, and I'm glad he did. Because it shows, a, I think, a computer screen or something. And, and it says, don't just spend time on Facebook. And by the way, most people have time for Facebook. They take time for it. It's not a bad thing. You can connect with people from all over the world and way back when. And But what would happen if we spent equal time in Facebook? My mother got up every morning. She quit living 10 years before she died and wasted 10 years. She wouldn't let me put a nice piece of furniture in her home. Because she said, you just have to move it out. I'll probably die before. She wouldn't let me put that bamboo stuff on her porch so the sun didn't come in so she could have her coffee out on her porch on her mobile home in the, in the morning. I said, Mom, I can put that bamboo stuff around here, and it'll be all shady, and you'll be private, but the sun can come in here, but it won't bake you out here. You can open up your sliding doors and come out and have your coffee, not be in nobody's face, and, and be cool. She said, ain't no need doing it. I'm not going to live that much longer. She got up every morning, picked up the paper, and read the obituary. First thing, see who died and what of and what age they were. And by the way, Brother Joe's going to have to go a little bit early, which is getting real close. So 
It's not that it's getting so hot he can't stand it. I'm not talking about the temperature. I'm talking about the word. He said, make sure you understand that. So that's a disclaimer for Joe today. Thank you for that. Hallelujah. Mom quit living. She just gave up life. She got to where she wouldn't go out to eat with her friends. She wouldn't do anything anymore. She wouldn't celebrate Christmas. All she's thinking about is death and dying. And she hadn't come to Christ yet. I led her to the Lord in a nursing home after years of intercession. Amen. But it pays off. (laughs) She had rejected every time I went to pray for her. But I kept praying for her anyway. (laughs) And (laughs) I walked in that nursing home. And she said, Bobby, i got to ask you something. I said, all right, Mom, what is it? She said, I think it's time that I came to the Lord. Would you pray with me? I said, well, I'll pray about it, Mom. I'll, I'll see. No, no, no. I, will I pray with you? Seriously? Are you kidding me? We prayed the sinner's prayer, and from that time on, my mom had peace in her heart until she went to be with the Lord. She even got a glimpse of the other side and saw her 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 grandpa who's the only person that ever showed her a tender side in her whole life a genuine love amen but she talked she said i see i see grandpa he loves me he loves me and she went peacefully into that good place in the lord hallelujah god is so good today amen hallelujah listen listen to what god said real quick he said i looked for a man if God didn't want to work with man if it's not part of his kingdom plan he would not look for a man he's a sovereign God if you give him all that sovereignty and don't look into his method of operation God has an MO God has a method of operation God chose to honor us God chose to use us God chose to empower us and you shall receive what? Power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. God chose to work with His creation. And I believe He chose to do that to let the devil know, you look like you've won over me, but you know you haven't. And by the way, He knows He's defeated. Because when Jesus came on the scene, the demons who, who work in concert with the devil, and they said, we know who you are. Why comest thou to persecute us before our time? They know the time is coming when Jesus is going to stand upon the earth and the devil himself is going to be bound not by Jesus, but by an angel. And I don't believe it's going to be Michael this time. Not you, Michael. (laughs) I know you're so sweet, but uh, Michael, the archangel. I honestly believe because of God's M.O., (laughs) because of God choosing the weak things of this world to to bring down the mighty things, the foolish things to bring down the wisdom of the world. I believe it's going to be a private first-class angel because the devil is already defeated. There's going to be no fight when he stands before a holy God. I believe in, it said an angel. It named angels down through the, the scripture. But this one was not named a nameless angel. 
a private first class will bind him with chains and cast him into the bottomless pit for a thousand years. That's just like God, isn't it? To let the devil know, amen, I cast you out of heaven and now I'm casting you out of the earth. Amen. And I've chosen an angel to do it. And by the way, you have been defeated not just by me in my sovereign almighty power, but by those people that you tried to steal, kill, and defraud from. Those very men and women I have empowered to give power over you. I have qualified to have victory over you. I gave them power over all of your power so that you would know that it's not just in heaven where you're going to be defeated, but you're going to be defeated in the earth. Thy will be done. Your kingdom come in earth as it is in heaven. Hallelujah. 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 I worked for Tampa Electric for many years in closing. I worked for I worked on a line crew on a high line. We needed to get a we needed to get a line across the interstate to a pole to pull it up over top of the interstate system, a high wire. I remember going out with my foreman, and I was standing there, and he said, Robert, take the end of this wire, and when I stop the traffic, I want you to run, son. I thought, you don't have to tell me that. <laughs> if, if I'm going to cross the interstate and you're going to stop, he had a little red flag. Can you imagine? I mean, seriously? I kept saying that word. I don't know why today, but seriously? But he walked out there with his little red flag and he held it up. And I started to run. And they almost ran over him. And I ran back. <laughs> I said, <laughs> We were supposed to wait for the highway patrol to come with their flashing red lights and their uniforms. Because they have the authority to stop the traffic on the interstate. Just because he was over me don't mean he was over those crazy drivers out there. Amen. So, so, so we're standing by the road. And by the way, he stood out there before I started to go anywhere. And a highway patrol pulled up on one side. Highway patrol pulled up on the other side. They had their flashers going. They got out, and they begin to, to be already when you see the flashing lights, people begin to slow their speeds down. And, and they, they one of those policemen walked up beside me, highway patrolman, and he looked at me, and he looked over at the foreman, and he said, he must live a charmed life if he thinks he can stop traffic on the interstate with that little flag. I said, yeah, you're, you're right, sir. But after a while, they begin to slow down. They begin to go like this. 
and the traffic began to slow down. It started to back up. When it got down to about 30 miles an hour, they walked out both ways. And you know what those drivers saw? They didn't see an idiot with a... Forgive me, Lord. They didn't see a crazy person with a red flag. Amen? Maybe idiot was right. That's idiotic, isn't it? You know what they saw? They saw someone with a uniform. They saw someone with a badge. They saw someone with deadly force if necessary. They saw someone with authority. And when they recognized that authority, they began to come under that authority. Can you say amen? Do you understand why the devil doesn't want the people with authority to use that authority over him? Don't want them to pray with understanding. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. Amen. When he's given us the very keys for that prayer to be answered. Amen. What you bind on earth will be bound. Literally, it would read like this. What you bind on earth has already been bound in heaven. And what you loose on earth has already been loosed. You and I have to surrender enough to the will of God and walk close enough to God and know enough of the Word of God that we know the will of God in a situation. So we can pray, Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done. So that we can bind and we can loose. Astounding. God in His holiness is obligated to judge, but in His love and mercy, He wants to give us space for repentance. And what does He say? And I looked for a man among them to stand in the gap. And make up the hedge. Why? If God is sovereign, He's going to do what He pleases, and we have nothing to do with it, why is He looking for a man? If God is sovereign, going to do what He pleases, and we have nothing to do with it, why did He say, I will do nothing except I first reveal it to my prophets? So that they can do what? So they can speak to the bones. Oh, by the way, let me finish the bones. i got eight stories going. Let me finish at least one of them. That boneyard was a prophetic word that came into manifestation in my lifetime. It was written 604 years before Jesus came to the earth. It has been over 2,600 years since Daniel spoke to those bones. But in my lifetime, I was alive when that prophecy came to pass. That God willed in heaven. And though Hitler tried to kill every Jew on this planet and succeeded in six million of them, he didn't get all of them. And it looked like a bone yard full of They were scattered for persecution to the ends of the earth. And you know what God said after the man spoke to the boneyard and spoke to the bones and then spoke? Amen. Flesh came on the bones and then spoke to the four winds and the winds blew and life came into the bones. And the Bible said they stood upon their feet a mighty army. God willed it. A prophet spoke it. And it came to pass. 
they stood on their feet, a mighty army. And the moment they stood up as an armed army, God spoke to the man who spoke to the bones initially, amen, and said, this is the whole house of Israel. Though I divide you to the nations because of their disobedience and rebellion, I will bring you back into your own land and you will not be plucked up again. Make no mistake about it. He that keepeth Israel neither slumbers nor sleeps. Can you say amen? And you know what happened in 1948? In, I was born in 1947, almost 46, just 20 days into 47. You know what happened in 1948? A group of representatives of a little group of people walked before the United Nations and said, we want to become a sovereign nation, recognize our sovereignty in the world. The most debated, the most fought over peace of land on planet earth is the nation of Israel about the size of New Jersey. But a prophet spoke 2,600 years ago because God spoke to the prophet who said, I'm going to do it, but I need someone on earth to speak it. Did you hear me? Did you hear me? I will do nothing. I will do nothing. God is sovereign, but He has a method of operation. And the sovereign God has chosen in His sovereignty to use people just like you and me to speak His Word, to pray His will. Hallelujah. Praise God. Oh, I don't know about you, but I'm excited about being one of God's instruments in this earth. Woo! Hallelujah. Why is so little happening? Because we've absolved ourselves of that ability and that authority. Someone said it, and I second say it and amen it. The church in general is weak because she lives beneath her privilege of power. Hallelujah. Because she lives beneath. Her privilege of power. You get the will of God on it. You pray first. You get the will of God. This is not a blank check. By the way, how many's ever got a payday by check before it went automatically in? Anybody ever get work a job and get paid with a check? Anybody ever done that? Most of you don't. Young whippersnappers don't know what it is to get a paycheck. They just put it in your account. If I wrote a check right now to you for $100,000. He said he ain't ain't taking it to his bank. He said, I'm going to cash it at your bank. (laughs) Make sure it's in there. Get it right run through. My man, fist bump. (laughs) I'm going to tell you something. If I sign it, if I sign it, it's yours, I have signed it. It belongs to you as far as I am concerned, but you can't have it unless you do something. They won't cash it just because I signed it. 
But I'll tell you when they will cash it is when you endorse it. Can you say man? Come on, it's two party. Come on, you you got to sign your name on it. <laughs> Amen. And and if you can prove that you are the person that I have authorized to receive it, they're going to count it out to you. They're going to ask you, how do you want it? (laughs) Well, I don't want it in ones. Can you say, man? (laughs) How about fifties? How about hundreds? I don't even know some of these people. I mean, honestly, you know, they... If I took a test, who's on the who's on the hundred dollar bill? I say I don't know that man. <laughs> See now here here you go. Here's the man. See, he know he know who on that hundred. I don't know, Mister Franklin, Benjamin Franklin. All the place I know. <laughs> he say I don't know. Give me. <laughs> I don't know about no hundreds. She got the hundreds. Come on. <laughs> she put them back there, back there where, you know, you know where they are. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. All I know is George. I know George well. Amen. I got to say this in closing. At the Mint. Banks turn over money that is bore so thin it's going to wear out, and they replace it with new money. But they have an incinerator to make sure all that is burned up. So a 20 and a 1 are on the conveyor headed for the incinerator. And the 20 looks over at the $1 bill and said, You know, I've had a pretty good run. I've been around for many years. In fact, I went to Paris, France. And I went to London, England. And I have been to Miami Beach. I've been to a lot of fancy restaurants. I've had a pretty good run. And the $1 bill said, well, that's really nice. All I ever did was go to church, go to church, go to church. It's shameful, but in the kingdom of God, what God binds in heaven, He endorses it. That's all He's going to do. If you don't, and I don't, use our faith and authority we're going to think he's unfaithful. And it's not him. If I write you a check for $100,000 and you go hungry because you won't endorse it so it can be cashed and given to you what I have authorized you to have, and you say, Brother Venable, do you have a can of pork and beans? And I say, no. I gave you a check for $100,000. I was going to ask you for a can of pork and beans. (laughs) No, I wouldn't. If I had $100,000 to give you, I'd have me plenty of pork and beans. Amen? But I would be telling you, all you've got to do is endorse it. I've already willed it. I've already purposed it. I've already provided it as far as I am concerned. But it's your move. You must endorse it. 
in order for it to be authorized to give you. Amen. Listen, church, we're not endorsing the Word of God with faith. We're not using spiritual authority. What good is authority if you don't use it? It's no good. It's useless. But if we begin to use it, even in prayer, we can stand in the gap. He said, one man, just one, I look for a singular man among you that would stand in the gap. Moses became a singular man that stood in the gap for Israel when they rebelled so hard against God. He said, you know, I'm done with them. I'm obligated to judge them and chasten them. And Moses stood up and said, if you're going to do it to them, do it to me. And that's exactly what God wanted. He didn't will to do that, but he's looking for a man to stand in the gap. And Moses said, what are they going to say about you if you destroy your covenant people? Oh, Lord, show them mercy. Give them another chance. And God said, yeah. Yeah. See, that was his true will to begin with. But he needed a man to stand. What happened on that hill when God and man working in tandem? Isn't this incredible? God is sovereign, but don't buy into a sovereignty that takes away any responsibility or authority from the believer. In that case, God is responsible for all the hurt that's happening in the world. And the devil wants the finger pointing at him. Accusing God. Moses stands on a hill. He knows God has, in His sovereign will, wants to give victory to Israel. Promised it. And Moses stands, and the Bible said he had his hands raised in the Chaldee, which is all of this is translated from the Hebrew and the Chaldee. It said he had his hands raised in prayer. Everybody said his hands raised in prayer. Listen carefully. You know the story. If God is sovereign, why don't you just give him the victory? What does he need Moses for? What is Moses' intercession about? Why is the man so important to the mission failing or having success? How can one man standing in the gap make such a difference if God isn't working in concert with man? When Moses' hands began to come down because he got weary... What happened? What happened on that battlefield? What ha- God wanted them to win. God promised them victory. But there was a man interceding for that victory. So what he wills in heaven can be done where? On the earth. Are you getting a hold of this? Is this getting a hold of you? It's got a hold of me. Hallelujah. I, oh, friend of mine, I came up through the 60s. I saw the civil rights movement. I saw when people of color realized, I am what? I am what? 
I am somebody. The devil wants you to be a nobody in the kingdom of God. But I'm here to tell you, you are somebody. You have awesome power. You have awesome authority. You have an awesome anointing. Can you say amen? You have the mighty name of Jesus to use in prayer and in battle and in praise and in worship. Woo! I don't know who you are. God knows who you are. The devil knows who you are. It's time you found out who you are. But I am somebody. When it gets really bad around my house, my wife knows I am somebody. And she'll say to me, you're the priest of our home. God's given you authority. Amen. I'm glad she recognizes that. I recognize that. And when push comes to shove, I have that authority. Not just over her or something like a lording over God's heritage. I have the authority to tell the devil, you back off in the name of Jesus. You can't do that here. You have no authority here. In the, but I do have authority over you. Wow. A generation of kings and priest hallelujah glory to god glory to god his hands come down and the battle changes when he's not able to continue to intercede the enemy prevails so aaron and her get it god and man And God has chosen this particular man to lead Israel. And his prayer means that much to victory or defeat. So they ran over and they grabbed his arms and they lifted it back up. And the moment his arms come back up and he continued to pray, what happened? The tide of battle here on the earth changed because God willed it from heaven, but he worked it on the earth through a man think you heard that that was profound even for me when I preach this good I can't believe it's me preaching I think we have a guest today the Holy Spirit can you say man hallelujah glory to God God wills it is it is that clear God wills it in heaven but he works it on the earth through a man or a woman Deborah Deborah say it with me Deborah Long before women's lib had come along, there's a battle against a terrible enemy. Israel is going out to war, and this is a formidable foe. But there is a woman in Israel that lives for God, loves God, has faith in God. Her name is Deborah. And the captain of Israel's armies, not the Lord Jesus spiritually, but a physical military leader comes to Deborah and says, Deborah, have you got the will of God in this battle? Do you know the mind of God? What's going to happen? What does He will? What's He going to purpose? She said, we will have victory. God wills it in heaven. We're going to have a victory. The man says, all right. Then you come with us to help us lead the battle. She knew the bruised ego of the the male, particularly in that day. And she said, if I go with you, you'll no doubt have victory. 
But she said, I want you to tell you right now that it's going to be said that God won this battle through a woman and not a man. So if that's if you're down with that, I'll go with you. <laughs> if your ego can take it. You know, this is a wise captain of war. This is no time to pull that male chauvinist stuff. This is a time to get a victory over the enemy. And it, <laughs> Come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody was talking the other day about God using women in ministry. And I said if more men would step up, he wouldn't have to. But he probably would anyway. But you know what I'm saying. Men have sat in the back seat of the church, back seat of the car, back seat at the house. Amen. Back seat spiritually with all of that authority. I am the priest over my home. Hallelujah. I do have authority. Hurricane came. Trees went down all over my community. I got one of the oldest granddaddy oaks. And it's been that old wet, soggy ground. And it was a candidate for falling right on my house. And I thought, well, it's time to use my priesthood. Hallelujah. I went out to that old oak tree before that hurricane. You remember the last one when the power went out? It, we got supposed to came in at Fort Myers. And, and, but we got big wind gusts in Plant City. Three, four days without power. Amen. I went up to that oak tree. I put my hand on it and I said, Lord, this is where this is where a child of God lives in this house. You know that. I'm the priest of this household. This is my family that's depending on safety and security. This is my home. This is my covering. Amen. For them. Oh, Father, in the name of Jesus, don't let this tree fall on my house. Now, I believe it's His will in heaven for my house not to be destroyed, my family not to be hurt. I believe God loves me, and He doesn't want that to occur. But you know, I didn't stop praying there. I turned around and talked to the oak tree. I said, oak tree, I want you to hold on. I want you to take your roots and go like that. Amen. <laughs> I mean, oak trees are kind of, especially when they're old, you've got to tell them what to do. Can you say <laughs> Hallelujah. I, I just prayed what I felt in my heart. It sounds so silly. I said, oak tree, I want you to hold on. When I, I said, like that. <laughs> and the winds came. Oh, Brother Venable, well, that's so silly. Speaking to an oak tree. You know, the oak tree can't hear you. Amen. Now, God can hear me. And God can talk to the oak tree. And the oak tree can hear Him. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. 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 Brother Venable, you talk to oak trees. You better believe it when it's about to fall on my house. What good's authority? What good is authority? What would happen if we committed ourselves to stand in the gap and make up the hedge and not get weary and hold on till the answer comes, knowing that what he has bound, what he has loosed in heaven is now going to be loosed upon the earth. Hallelujah. 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 Father, I praise you. People have taken the believer's authority too far and they've messed it up until people have backed off from it altogether. There's a balance to be struck. And you do not throw out the baby with the bathwater. Can you say, man? Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
if God speaks to you to pray for somebody, pray. If there's a mountain in front of you and you've talked to God about it and God said, I want that thing to move, the devil's just hindering, then it's time to talk to the mountain. It's time to talk to the mountain. Does God work with man? Jesus said, have faith in God. He said, if you had faith as a grain of mustard seed, you would say unto that mountain. Who would say? God willed us in heaven. When you say it, you've endorsed it. You've just endorsed it. So God can and will perform it. But if you don't endorse it, that mountain's going to defy you till the day you die. And you're going to think God is unfaithful because you keep crying out to Him and never speaking to the mountain. And while God is being accused of unfaithfulness, you and I are losing battles and victories. And He will have you accuse God. And if you don't do it openly and consciously, you will do it through deep discouragement that is an accusation that God is unfaithful. If I get, I get discouraged, but I don't stay there. What's the adage? You can't keep the bird from flying over your head. But you can show enough to keep him from building a nest in your hair. Amen. And that discouragement bird is sitting on too many Christians' heads. Nesting there. Resting there. Because they don't know, understand, appreciate, or appropriate their God-given authority. And they are defeated, discouraged, and defrauded from God's will. Because God doesn't will you to be defeated. God wills victory. Thanks be unto God, which gives us the victory through Jesus Christ. How many people want to grow enough in the Lord to use the authority that is yours in Christ? How many want that today? The devil's counting on you not doing that. God is counting on us to stand in the gap, make up the hedge, proclaim His truth, and speak forth His will. Hallelujah. Is it not written, the anointing breaks the yoke? And have I not anointed you, saith God? And have I not appointed you, saith God? Ask not, where is the Lord God of Elijah. Ask rather, where are the Elijahs of God?
Sela baketia. Nanda dabashele. Moto dabariki. Sanda dabasata. Father, I praise you. Well, I praise you. I praise you. I praise you. Ye kalabasiti. It's time the devil quit being comfortable in church. Time he, he ought to be scared. It's time he ought not to be comfortable down at your house. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. It's time that he should be filled with terror. It's time depression is broken. It's time defeat is turned into victory. It's time that we see the lost saved. It's time that we see demons dethroned. Can you say amen? It's time we see yokes broken. Are we not anointed? <laughs> Are we not appointed? Can you say man? Hallelujah. 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 If God is seeking for a man, I want to be that man. If God is seeking for a woman, you ought to want to be that woman. God wants to move. God wants to move. God wants to move. God wants to move. This is the hour, saith the Spirit of God, for your visitation. This is the hour of the moving of the Holy Spirit. Yea, this is the hour of the brooding of the Spirit of the Lord. Yea, this is the hour of the groaning for the manifestation of the sons of God. The whole earth is groaning, groaning, groaning. Father, I praise you. I praise you. I praise you. I praise you. The evangelist part of my ministry is coming forth more now than it ever has. Amen. I can't just pet a congregation on Sunday morning to try to get them to come back next Sunday. I'm here to challenge so God can change. Can you say amen? I'm here to challenge so that God can change. Because God wants to change things. He wants to turn some things around. Hallelujah. And I knew this was going to be a good in this morning. How did you know, Brother Venable? Because I've had every kind of distraction. I had it yesterday. When I got up, my morning was started with distraction that could have led to discouragement. I got up this morning to distraction that could have led to discouragement. But I realized that this is bigger than my feelings. This is bigger than my circumstances. This is God wanting to move in the earth, wanting His will to be done in the earth, just like like it is in heaven and God is looking for somebody that won't let distractions discourage them can you say man it's I can't afford it I can't afford the luxury of self-pity I can't stay down when God has called us to be lifted up amen and that we are in the kingdom for a time such as this and oh what a time it is but we're here God has entrusted us with authority in a time like this 
Hallelujah. God raises a man from the dead called Lazarus. But he's working in tandem. Lazarus is not free. He's wrapped up in grave clothes. And when he came out, he had to come out like this. And you know what the next word from Jesus is? To those standing right by Lazarus, loose him. You loose him. I'm the only one that can do, amen, the supernatural thing of bringing the dead back to life. But you have the authority, ability, and a power to loose him and let him go free. Can you say amen? God will save somebody, but it's up to us to pray that prayer that looses them from the grave close. You are loosed. You are set free in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. And it ain't just my prayer only. Your mama in the presence of God is talking to a God who is almighty. Amen. But he's also talking to a little preacher down here too. Hallelujah. And his will in heaven is going to be done in the earth because it's going to be done in you. Praise God. Hallelujah. 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 Somebody give him praise today. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah to the King of glory. Hallelujah. 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 Will you stand to your feet today? Has it been worth your time and trouble? Hallelujah. Somebody's going to get this and run with it. I know I am. I know I must because the race is not over. The race is not over. I like that saying, don't you? The race is not always to the swift, but he that keeps on running. Amen. Dale, your house used to be a house where people were set free. There's a man sitting right here that was set free because there was power. There was powerful people with authority. Amen. Hallelujah. How many glad Doug got saved? Don't take it for granted. He was lost before he was found. He was messed up before he was fixed up. Amen. And, and where's the target of the devil's angst and anger? Uh, a household. that said, we're going to call on the Lord for you. We're going to believe God. Amen. Dale, I want you to know the Lord is restoring. He's restoring. He's restoring. He's restoring. He's restoring. He's restoring. He's restoring. Why? Because these are the days. Did I give it to you? These are the days of Elijah. These are the days of dry bones becoming flesh. These are the days of David praise being restored to the house of the Lord. These are those days. It first was a prophecy prophesied and then it was put to music and became a song that has went around the world. These are the days of Elijah. How many believe Jesus is coming soon? Amen. Well, if Jesus is coming soon, so is the tribulation and the day of the Lord. It hasteneth greatly. Therefore, amen, the book of Malachi says clearly, amen, before that great 
before that great. Just before. That, that has to be in the last of the last days that this occurs. Come on. Just before that great and terrible day of the Lord. I'm going to send one in the spirit and power of Elijah. And he's going to turn the hearts of the parents back to the children. And the hearts of the children back to the parents. Revival is on God's agenda. And we're the ones that are going to loose it in the earth. Let's join hands and thank the Lord for His mercy, His goodness. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. Some family members being loosed right now that Satan has wrapped up in so many chains. They feel those chains and they feel the weight of them and the strength of them. And they feel as if they could never have those chains broken. I'm telling you, the anointing breaks the yoke. And I'm telling you that we have been anointed. Listen, how God anointed Acts chapter 10, I believe, how God anointed, how God anointed, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. What did Jesus say to us, Brother Taylor? Behold, you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come on you. Can you say amen? He's not just power to say, come tie my bow tie. Amen. Power to speak in other tongues. Power to lay hands on the sick power to endorse that check that God has already written in heaven can you say man that it might be done in the earth power to stand in the gap power to take authority over demon forces power 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 Hallelujah, hallelujah how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with power And with the Holy Ghost, who went about doing good, healing and loosing everyone that was oppressed by the devil. Can you say, man? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That power had purpose. That anointing and that authority had purpose. Hallelujah. Jesus went and sat on the right hand of the Father to intercede, but He left a body here. He left a body here called the church. Can you say, man? I said He left a body here. We are the what? We are the body here in the earth of the Lord Jesus Christ amen and his members in particular make no mistake about it the Jesus ministry did not leave this planet I said the Jesus ministry did not leave this planet the Jesus ministry didn't leave this planet for a millisecond We're here. Hallelujah. Because we're here. The body of Christ is here. And it's not dead. And it can't die. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Sown in 
weakness raised in power. Shila Rosha Lamana, Senda Baruka Lavasatia, Nenda Baruka Lavasataya. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! You didn't receive your your ticket to the in crowd when you spoke in tongues. You received power. Hallelujah! Glory to God! Glory to God! Glory to God! Hallelujah! 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 And one of you shall chase a thousand. I'm talking about the covenant children of God. Two of you shall put ten thousand to flight. Father, I praise you. Mighty things are going to happen. Every chain over our loved ones that has bound them so tight and the defiance of the devil crying in our face, your prayers are useless. You, they, they're still hopeless. They're still helpless. Oh, no. Oh, no, our prayer is not useless. They are not helpless. They are not hopeless. And neither are we. There's no hopeless cases with God. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah.